This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Welcome to episode 63 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Uh, Today we're going to try and do something a little bit different. Last week we reached out to those affected by the lockdown and invited them onto the podcast and I'm happy to say that today we've got a couple of guys coming on. Uh, Today we'll discuss the lockdown, Uh, we'll take your questions on Twitter, reflect on the Phil Hodgkinson interview of last week, uh, the current financial situation around football, reflect on some happy memories of Ian Dunn who turned 50 and ask Cosy why he sparked so much outrage with his player of the season so far vote on Sky Sports. Uh, So let's hear some music. Chance for a sherry. Danny Ward saves. Danny Ward saves. Play down the left and Moyes stayed onside. Here's Mounier. Two 0 Huddersfield Town on the opening day of the Premier League. The quarter's in. Brandon here. Two 0 Huddersfield Town. Get the turn it into the pass. Yes. And Tomic scores. Tomic has scored. One of the most important goals. Huddersfield Town's history. 
pushes forward. The Bucks has got the better. Yeah! And Lauren the Bucks has scored. Lauren the Bucks has scored. Okay, so as, as usual, this episode is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Uh, sadly, at the moment, Magic Rock is closed due to the uh, coronavirus outbreak, but the Welcome Centre, who are very close to uh, what Magic Rock do, are still open, and uh, if you've got a little bit of spare money ha- hanging around at the minute, they uh, are taking a couple of donations for people who are struggling at the moment. So uh, have a check of uh, the HTSA uh, website and social media, uh, as well as the Cowshed Loyal, and uh, if you can help out, that would be Fantastic, and uh, and hopefully we come out of this uh, quite soon. Welcome back to the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Uh, this is the second part of the uh, coronavirus lockdown episode. That suits every club, um, so I think it's really tricky, and it's kind of like just wait and see. But you know, it is unprecedented. It's happening to not just England, but every country. So it's um, yeah, it's really tricky to say. Matt, what do you think about? Uh... I mean, you've seen stuff now. I saw a story about Jadon Sancho going to Man United on 400 grand a week. You know, it makes me feel sick now and that kind of stuff. I just think I just have no interest at all in transfer store. I know the world's got to kind of carry on at some point, but to me, it's not the time or the place. And I just wonder if it's going to have a massive effect on players' salaries or the transfer market or what have you. Because I just, honestly, it's you look at it and I just want to kind of fast forward it on my timeline now because it just... It makes me a bit sick, really, to still see this stuff banded about. We're in the middle of a massive pandemic and, you know, we're about players moving. And I just can't get interested in that anymore, mate. I don't know what you think. I'm not that interested in it, but I understand why people are still putting stories out because it's about providing people a normality and about, although there's not a lot normal about 400 grand a week, I know you'll probably come back with, but it's, you know, stories like that are just what y- your everyday life is is about. And I think the more sort of things we can take from everyday life and keep people feeling normal rather than, you know, giving people cabin fever and only talking about a pandemic, uh, I, I'm all for it. But um, in terms of the transfer fees and wages, we, I asked that to Phil last week because I, w- I was looking at that and, you know, out, some of our players were linked away in, in January. You know, Carlin Grant, used as an example, I think was linked away with, uh, with somebody and... Um, you do wonder whether if we're basing a lot of our future income on transfers, then, you know, with what Phil said last week, with banks will probably stop, you know, with, with people stop releasing money just, you know, just because of what's gone on, uh, all of a sudden money doesn't flow and that has a knock-on effect down the line. And I would imagine the very top will probably, you know, your top six will probably keep going as per normal. And I did listen to another podcast, uh, The Athletic one with uh, Mark Chapman, and, and they were kind of trying to talk about whether, you know, this will happen and the top six will always be awash with Man City, especially, you know, they're sponsored by a country. You know, they'll they'll always have a lot of money. And they were talking about whether then the, the top six would then try and force a breakaway into a European league and the, the guy behind Juventus is is very much behind that and I think football will change and I'm just not sure how it's going to be yet for me uh, in terms of this season I would null and void it and that's not for any other reason than and that's not because of where Leeds United and Liverpool and Celtic are you know three clubs I don't particularly like uh, or Huddersfield who, who would be safe but 
I just look at what Rugby Union are doing. Rugby Union have null and voided it. Um, I just think there's too many things, too many things to marry up. And it kind of leaves a bit of a bad taste. You know, the EFL and Premier League are coming out every two days with updated statements. We're going to try and play as soon as possible. And it's like, slow down, guys. We don't know what's happening. You know, there are more important things going on out there. It just feels like as soon as Boris Johnson stands on a, you know, stands there and says, right, we're ready to get back to normality, you're going to hear a whistle and then the first Premier League game kicks off. You know, it's, it, I just feel like they're going to need to calm the jets a little bit. And I, I just don't see after the 30th of June, the, the stumbling block I see is if it goes past the 30th of June, there are going to be players there that are not going to want to extend their contracts, whatever the case. And all of a sudden, that's when people talk about the integrity of the league, etc., etc., We've got several players out of contract, whether they'd be in that situation, I don't know. But, you know, Danny Simpson, Colin Kwana, Kachunga, etc. And all of a sudden you've got half a team missing. Uh, if, you know, if the PFA say, right, these guys are not going to, you know, we've seen what they're like already. If these guys say we're not going to uh, let these guys extend the contracts, you know, what, what are the rules with European law? You know, will European law just allow uh, somebody to just say, right, we're going to extend these contracts and without the say of uh, of the players? I'm sure, you know, there's... There just seems to me to be so much, and then people are talking about condensing the next season. Sky, uh, being sports, etc. They've already paid for forty-six championship games next season, thirty-eight Premier League games. Amazon, you know, there's that as well. I just see too much down the line, uh, which makes this just a complete mess. And the easiest option for me is just to say, look, this isn't going to happen. We're not going to finish this. Let's just stop giving updates every couple of minutes and just stop the season. Whether they want to go to a points per game ratio or a null and void situation afterwards, whatever, you know, it, that, that's up to what people want to do. But I, I, I just think we should finish it, uh, follow, take take the lead from the, the Olympics, Wimbledon, every other sport is stopping. Why is football still talking about carry on, carrying on as if something's normal? It just, it just seems like football got its own little echo chamber where it thinks it's more self-important than everyone else. And I just think football should just stop, take a look around and just hit reality. One word, Matt. Money. Yeah. yeah. Matt, can I just, just jump in quickly, just just very briefly on it? I, I completely agree with what Cosy said and what everyone else has said on it. For me, I, the irony is, is that a lot of people complaining about social distancing measures are going to be the same ones complaining if this season gets null and voided or we can't start the season up, you know, again between now and, and say, September. I think, I genuinely think if the social distancing had been implemented uh, or people had followed the, the social distancing guidelines sooner, then potentially the season could have been started in, say, September, October, whenever it was. But the fact that it's taken so long means that we're obviously going to now be in isolation and lockdown for a lot longer than previously anticipated. Um, I just, for me, it, it, I agree with Cosby. I think it would leave a really sour taste in the mouth. Um, with and I, for my, my dad's been saying to me for years, you know, I think at some point this cash bubble will implode. And maybe this could be the trigger that starts it who knows and it could be a level leveler and and an an equalizer of the playing field but then on the flip side we could we could also see potentially two three four five clubs go out of business so it's a it's a really precarious situation it's a weird one isn't it i mean i tell you it just makes you think about life differently i mean i'm watching god you're scratching out the content watching some of these old big matches from the 80s and what have you and when you see a massive crowd now you just think oh Oh, my God, don't you? And to, for us to get back to them, I mean, Andy, I'll bring you in, but I don't, to get us to get, it feels like, can it, I don't know, on a bit of my but can everything, anything be the same again regarding crowds and stuff? Because I just see a big crowd of thinking, I just think horror now, and it's it's really strange. Yeah, it's it's terrible, isn't it? You, you look at it and you think, oh, my word, they're, they're near to each other. Have they not thought about 
being six feet away. The thing for me with the, the, the Premier League and, and all that type of stuff, just somebody make a decision so I can go back and concentrate on year six maths, which I'm homeschooling my son with at the minute. And forget Premier League, forget all that stuff. Year six, area of triangles, is much more difficult to do than sorting out whether the Premier League and the NFL starts again. So please, somebody make a decision, sort it out, and then I can concentrate on that. Because this is, foot sport, football doesn't matter. The area of a triangle does in my life at this point in time. Andy, um, have you done fractions yet? I'd never be a bookie. I hate fractions. They're just absolutely <laughs> like my head. Acute uh, angles and oh man, it's just it's madness. So yeah, I, I, I get that it's, it's a massive I, hypotenuse. The hypotenuse, yeah, <laughs> but pi r squared, all that type of stuff. It's a nightmare, and I know it's a big, it's a big deal, and it's a massive business, and it's a massive industry. But I think you're right. I think they've just got to go. Every other sport in this country has stopped for the right reason at this point in time. We've just got to stop, and it, it doesn't matter whether town we're going down or, or going up. It's not about you know stopping people earning the award trophies if you want. D- d- do whatever you need to do. Just stop it now, and then. Get the pause to get back to where we need to be. Life will change completely. Uh, and then we come back whenever it starts again, October, November time, when it's safe to be um, jumping on top of one of each other, Will and Carl on Grant's you know, stocks on the bottom corner. <laughs> then then we do it. But now just seems just somebody make a decision. It's it's madness. I think just to finish on that as well, there's there's a lot of League One and Two teams. Apparently, there's a groundswell of League One and Two teams wanting to null and void it now because they're running out of money and they want to take um, like season ticket sales for next season to try and bridge that gap. But there's there's all sorts going on, and I'm sure we'll follow it with interest for a while, and then it'll probably get very boring very quickly. But the last uh, one of the last questions we've got is from uh, Bro Six Hundred Rob. I uh, said the club's statement have been set up for a while when making the Premier League. Do you lads think this is still the case if the right decisions are made in investment in acquisitions or do you think it's lost or do you think the the downer was unavoidable and, but the foundations are still there so that when we got promoted and Dean Hoyle said this would set the football club I think it was Dean Hoyle said this would set the football club up for, for several years do you think that's still the case now that he's moved on and he's recouping a lot of what he invested into the club or do you think uh, like Rob said you know with the right sort of acquisitions in terms of players and right sort of purchases and sales uh, do you think the club is still in a good position I'll throw that to Cosy because Cosy looks really interested. I was doing that, so hopefully someone else will get the question. So I'm, going to, I'm, I'm bottling here. I'm going to pass to Cy. That's the so, it's a great hospital pass. Cheers, Cosy. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, somewhere in the middle, I think, in, in truth. I think... Um, it's, would a good, we, it's a good question, to be fair. It's a very, it's it, a yeah. very good question. I think, kind of, to cancel the, the second half of that question first, with the right acquisitions, the right additions in the transfer market... I think we've got with the cowlers in charge who I'm kind of fully behind. Could we kind of uh, reach the promised land, so to speak, again? I think definitely we could. Um, I maintain some of the things I've said on previous podcasts that, that on our day I think we can beat any team in the championship, and I think that'll be true next season as well. I think with the, with the with the right run and kind of a bit of luck along the way, could we get into the Premier League next year? Of course we could. Um, has it set us up for for the kind of 
seven, eight, nine years ahead um, to an extent. I think obviously the work that's going to happen with Canal Side, um, the kind of the the additions to the the training ground facilities there, that's definitely a a step on. That's definitely a plus, and I think um, the likelihood is that that wouldn't have happened had we not reached the Premier League and had all that investment. Um, are there other things I would have liked to have seen as a result of being in the Premier League? Probably yes. Probably fair to say there is, but. Um, uh, there's obviously lots of costs associated with and, and lots of hidden costs that perhaps as fans we're not aware of. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of my, my wishy-washy answer, really. Thanks, Cosy. Anyone else want to dive in on that one? Brady's uh, looking like he's champing I a can, little bit. Oh, go on, Brady. Thank you. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, Brady, cheers. Um, yeah, I think, I think I'm kind of similar to Sai. I think, um, you know, I, I fully back the Cowleys and I think, you know, we had such a great transfer window as we've all kind of touched on. Um, if we can get loan players like Smith Rowe um, in, and obviously when we went up with Wagner, that they were kind of crucial to us going up. I think, um, yeah, I think it's possible, but you know, the championship's so unpredictable. As we've always said like anyone can beat anyone on the day. And I think we, the Cowleys have brought back that winning mentality. Um, if I'm honest, I'm not sure if we would go up next season, but <laughs> put it this way, I think it'd be a lot better than this season. Um, I, I think top ten maybe kind of pushing for playoffs. Um, I'd be I'd be quite chuffed with that given how much of a fall it's been since we got relegated. Um, but yeah, in terms of in terms of stability, I mean, um, I I remember at the time um, there's a couple of things. So our our wage budget in the first season in the Premier League was less than um, Blackburn, who were in League One at the time, which was which is crazy when you think about it. And also we earned more in that one season in the Premier League than Leeds did the whole time they were in the Premier League. So it just shows you how, how much money's come in. Um, I know we kind of touched on how we were spending more money, but I think, put it this way, being two seasons in the Premier League has has done the club good. Um, it's just, there has been a lot of background changes, obviously, we're like, like we're going to talk about like Sean, Sean Jarvis going to be moving on. Obviously, the... Um, Chief Exec and uh, you know the new chairman Phil. Um, there's been a lot of change, so I, I think I I would say I think we need to be a bit cautious. Um, I think we need to be a bit cautious and and just kind of it might take a couple of years. I don't think it's going to be immediate. Um, cheers for that, Cosy. Trying to I'm trying really hard not to laugh. Then. <laughs> Sorry, um, Sean Jarvis. Let's talk about him now. I think uh, I wasn't surprised. I didn't. I wasn't surprised. No inside info, nothing like that as well. I think all good things come to an end. I know Leicester is a Leicester boy. Leicester Catacricum's a big pull. And, and when he kind of got uh, in, that's a bad phrase, into bed or, you know, had the connection with Leicester, was it, is it non-something direct or what have you? I did wonder if he would kind of end up that way. But I suppose a part of me just is really sad. It was like an end of a, an era Uh should really be going to supermarkets, but I went to someone on on Friday and I saw someone and just shouted across from like the uh, cheese counter. Says, "What about Sean Jarvis? How sad's that end of an era?" But I think to me, we're, we're so blessed. I mean, we were mentioned there about you know Phil Hodgkinson, you know, coming on and on here, but Sean to me was where it all started, and uh, obviously the Millbridge boys who were on that time and stuff. But he's always, I mean, he's 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 had his, you know, he gets some serious sticks sometimes on social media. A lot of it, and for me, just wasn't deserved, but. He's always the guy who will reply, kind of put his head above the paraffin. And, you know, it's, it's going to be such a great loss as well. And uh, it's it's a sad way that he's probably just going to go. I mean, obviously, he wouldn't have like the kind of the Dean Hoyle lap of honour like we got against Man United. But 
because of the circumstances, he's just probably going to slip away really without anyone being able to say goodbye. And part of me is really sad. I just want to, you know, thank him for everything that he's done. And uh, I know, bless his soul, Scoffer, you know, in, in a lot of the stuff he was doing, getting us in the South Stand and any interaction, Sean was always the one that kind of, you know, came to the fore. And uh, yeah, it, a part of me was really sad there last was it Friday when the news was announced? But such a good bloke and 14 years seen as uh, promoted two times, aren't they? Uh, we've had some exciting seasons. But to me, he was the one after the Ken Davy where it all kind of shut down. The club was there, the fans were there. He was the one that brought the connection. And uh, I'm going to miss him. Uh, I'm not going to cry or anything. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a sad, it was a sad moment for me when uh, that were announced. Uh, I don't know what you thought, Matt. Yeah, 14 years. It, it feels weird, doesn't it? It's, I don't think marketing existed at Huddersfield Town before Sean Jarvis came along and uh, did what he did. And there's, there's all sorts of memories in the trips, you know, the trips to China where he took Huddersfield businesses to China to try and bridge some gaps and meet some new uh, new contacts. Um, yeah, it, I think when we think of when I think of Sean Jarvis, he was kind of like the boardroom voice via social media, wasn't he? And he would always front up. He would always be the first to front up. He would always be the first to to come out rain or shine just to kind of get people to smile and you know maybe he said the wrong thing once or twice and people hold that against him which which is daft really but he uh is a, is a genuinely good bloke I think Sean Jarvis he came on the podcast he was he was great with us wasn't he on here um uh, nice guy I think I think we'll miss him but I think once other people started going I think I think maybe he he probably thought Everyone else is going. Maybe, like he said in his in his uh, little video he did on on social media, that maybe it was time for him to to move on. Everyone else was moving on. Maybe it was time for a new guard to come through, and and hopefully they're they're as uh, charismatic and as uh, approachable, really, as as what Sean is. I think. I think from my uh, point. I, 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 oh, go on, uh, I was just. Saying, I think from from my point of view, um, fully agree with everything he said about Sean as a person. I guess the one build I would have is, I think he's done a bloody good job as well actually um kind of if you think back kind of alluded to it then really marketing didn't exist when when sean first joined the club and he's brought lots and lots of sponsors on board to kind of um probably generated lots and lots of revenue and, and new commercial streams for the for the club and i imagine without having the accounts in front of me that side of the business has probably been step changed over his tenure so um he should definitely leave with his head held high and, and I guess speak for us all when we wish him the best of luck with his uh, with his new job, which, given the current climate, certainly won't be an easy one. But um, yeah, certainly wish him the best of luck. Yeah, I just like to echo that, Simon. I, I think for me, it was a it was an incredibly sad moment. Um, a lot of clubs, well, a lot of football clubs now seem so corporate and so devoid of humanity and a community feel. He met from a corporate perspective, he made it seem like a club. He always engaged with fans on Twitter. He, If someone came to him with a problem, no matter, even if it wasn't actually his department responsibility, he would point him in the right direction. Um, he copped a horrendous amount of abuse on social media um, throughout his time. At one point, it was getting really, really toxic. Um, and he could have easily have come off and said, right, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, you know, this has been this is too much for me. I'm just going to sort of answer questions through, I don't know, the, the other mediums, basically. But the fact that he stayed on and the fact that he, he's, he, it felt for me like he was sort of like the heartbeat of the club in a way. He drove all the marketing stuff. He drove kind of the, the, the community feel and the community spirit. And he really G'd a lot of fans up a lot, of, a lot of times, especially in down moments. I think town fans are naturally quite pessimistic, but he, he always seemed to be very, very optimistic. And he always seemed to... Um, be able to drive that enthusiasm and he also owned up to his mistakes as well which I think is a pretty big thing to do so yeah I'm really sad about it and, and sad that we can't give him a proper send-off but you know he's obviously looked at that Leicester challenge and thought 
I mean, bloody hell, if there's a, there's a bigger challenge in cricket, I don't know, I don't know, I can't, I couldn't find one, so yeah. Every time I've had any sort of interactions with him, he's been a top bloke. The Wilson 66 shirt, um, he was straight on with that. Um, I'm in the, the onside business squad, so I've, I've met him a couple of times, uh, the, the work he's done with that, but I'm quite hopeful he goes to Leicester, because they're pretty rubbish, aren't they? I don't, you know, I retired a couple of seasons ago, but he knows, he's got my number, you know, <laughs> he might give us a call if they need a dibbly dobbler and, and somebody who can't bat to bat 11. <laughs> you never know. Military media, mate, Andy. Yeah, poo, just little thing swingers, little away from now, time to time. But, you know. Are you down for the tease, Andy, to be honest? Uh, <laughs> that's the role I was going to recruit you for, Coppy, at Burfield. So, yeah. Cheers, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, I just wanted to, to say uh, as well, like, completely agree. I think it's. Um, a big loss but I think something um, we've kind of touched on is how we would go the extra mile I think something that sticks out for me with Sean is I can't remember who it was so apologies but someone um, took to Twitter to complain to the club that um, their son was going on a stadium tour and they had to cancel it because I don't think they had enough staff um, so they tweeted Sean and I think Sean got in touch and he ended up actually giving the tour himself yeah, and I think that tells you everything you oh, need to know about oh, the man it, Top man. He's a top. He's a top bloke. Um, like you say, given all that's happened, and if he's if he's leaving in June, we might not be able to give him a full send off. But I just want to say, you know, he's been a credit to the club, and I think people have given him a lot of stick on Twitter, and unfairly, I think. And I think you kind of, when he goes and whoever comes in, if they're not the same, you'll realise how good he was and how, how much of an impact he did make. So um, yeah, all the best, Sean. We're, like we all say, we wish you all the best. Got till it's gone. Mm. No, definitely. 100%. Uh, right, so on from one decent bloke, uh, Sean Jarvis, to another good bloke, Cosy, uh, Ian Dunn's 50th birthday uh, a couple yeah, of days ago. Yeah, Matt, we've done some shows with Ian uh, on our, uh, God, it sounds, that sounds like big time, on our uh, national platform, uh, Love Sport <laughs> Radio, on a Friday night, uh, which... God, Gra- graveyard got, shift at 10.30. Yeah, uh, I got Love involved with I've got involved with a quiz there last Friday. God, anyway, that's another story. Did you but, let us uh, down or did you win it? I let us down. I had to oh. bat like a terrier. When, so I was playing some for Crystal Palace and he had to make an eagle noise when he wanted to answer. And I had to do a terrier. But my terrier noise wasn't as loud as his eagle, so he kept overpowering me. But that's my excuse anyway for an abysmal uh, 5-2 defeat. But, Sounds like a shite quiz to be fair. Ian Dunn, what a legend though. I mean... Did he come from Gainsborough? Someone could shoot me down here. Ghoul. Kind of ghoul town. They knew mm. began with G. But what a player. I used to love them Warnock guys who came in because a lot of them didn't cost much. Was, and they um, had some some amazing... Uh, it might have been Owen Hand, actually. Is it Owen Hand or Ross? Ian Ross? I think he came yeah. sort of 93-ish, didn't he? Uh, I've not got the details in front of me. Uh, Were he there before, what, Warnock? Yeah, yeah right. he came sort of 92, 93, I think, that season yeah. where we weren't very good. And it came from Ghoul Town for not yeah. a lot of money. I think he'd been released by York... Uh, where he does a lot of radio stuff now. And my, my first memories of him is his debut. He cost not a lot, you know, like a bag of balls or something. And um, he uh, he absolutely ruined Noel Blake at Bradford uh, in his debut. Yeah. There's video, there's like, you can I find it on it. YouTube. And then yeah. he, I think he, he rinses him about five times and then he goes down, gets a penalty. And Noel Blake just yeah. goes up to him and sticks nuts on him and knocks him out. <laughs> so yeah. there's like a video I, of it, his debut where he's got this big beast of a man, Noel Blake. Noel Blake's a big guy, you know, a big, strong defender. Uh, oh. England England youth setup he's been the last few years and he just goes over. And he, he's, I remember he's a scary it, guy and he just stuck nuts straight on Ian Dunn and Ian Dunn's uh, 
probably still I recovering. That, I think that's where it started for me. I've always said before, Bradford's the enemy and, and not Leeds. So to it was in front of our end as well. I remember that. And it's like to, to win a penalty. And I think everyone just kind of fell in love with you and done there. One weird one I remember, I don't know if anyone else was there that day, York. You remember we took a massive following. Oh, yeah, but firework. someone threw a firework and it nearly hit, done it? It nearly hit Ian Dunn. And uh, I remember the champ chased it when Ian Dunn has got nowhere because it was blown off by a firework at York. But, <laughs> but then, adaptation, is that? And he's also an history maker, didn't he? Because the, uh, the club put the tweet out the other day, but he yep. was the first person to score the ever when a golden goal. But golden goal, I, yeah. I love this celebration, proper old school, wasn't it? Like, just put his hands in there. There were yeah. no neat sides. I know no it's one of, never scooby out to celebrate, that sort of thing. One yeah. of, one of the, no, I know it's one of the national media outlets a, a bit since tried to claim the first ever goal was scored by somebody like Chelsea and then we had to we had to correct them but there was never any acknowledgement on that one but yeah, yeah. Do you remember the goal of the season he scored against Stoke City where the ball yeah. stuck in the stanchion as well yeah. uh, there's a lot of good memories from me and I remember yeah. him almost smashing the crossbar from about 40 yards one game against Blackpool and, and I think that probably the most important goal maybe he scored was uh, Carlisle Autoglass Trophy Northern <laughs> Final yeah. at home yeah. to make it 4-1 and obviously we lost 2-0 in the next leg so Ian Dunn's goal took us to to Wembley for the first time in what was it, almost 60, yeah. what, 55 years, something like that. And what was so weird about that game, Matt? Can you remember, Andy? Any of you old timers, that Carlisle game? Carlisle? Uh, no. 4 1, didn't we? They were division some below goats, us. Some goats came on the pitch from the away end. Do you not remember <laughs> that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. actually <laughs> happened. Yeah. Some goats trickled on. Someone brought some in or something. Were just are, you saying, are you saying goat or ghost? Goat, G-O-A-T, not Lionel Messi, but I'll never forget that away leg of that game. That's some of the worst trouble I've ever seen because me and my dad were running like Usain Bolt trying to get back to the car. There were people punching each other. And yeah, one way to get to Wembley and celebrate. But yeah, he had done 600 quid or £1,000. It's something ridiculous nothing, like that, wasn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely nothing. And uh, a club legend as well, you know, for, for what he's done. You know, he's uh, a quality player. And obviously he came on at Wembley, uh, put the ball in that booth he headed across for Chris Billy oh, and took it, got us promoted. So there's a lot of moments for Ian Dunn where what he's done for the football club. And, you know, he moved on, uh, didn't he? And uh, after, after I think he went to Chesterfield in the end, didn't he? And he, he gave us a lot of happy yeah. memories. I'm going from memory there, so sorry, Ian, if, uh, if I've... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Got that wrong, but he's promised to come on the podcast at some point, so hopefully we'll get, yeah. some, get some good stories from uh, from the Neil Warnock days of the Eggs and Sherry and uh, Wembley and, and whatnot, so hopefully we'll we'll get some good stories from uh, from Mr. Dunn. Um, yeah, we've got a guest. Get an insight in, can you get him an insight into that YouTube video of him having a go at Chris Billy and half the team? Uh-huh. 
Please. I'll ask him. That would be amazing. I'll <laughs> tell you what, we've got a right guest list coming up. I've got Gailey on next week. I'm doing Gail. We're going to get Jamie Rayner on from BBC Leeds. Uh, see if we can get anyone else, really. There's no yeah, one else that's anything of, better to do, have they now? A couple lined <laughs> up. A couple lined up, so we'll see how they go. And uh, I need to ask them first, but hopefully we'll uh, get some good ones on. But, uh, yeah, Ian Dunn... Uh, Quality, and I always remember that goal he scored against Bradford as well. The week before uh, we got went to the Autoglass final, he, he got the equaliser when we played. We played with yeah, 10 yeah. men, and Chris Billy was sent off for handball, and it was a little bit rope. It was like shouldery kind of chest, wasn't it? And uh, Ian Dunn got the equaliser, and uh, I remember them. <laughs> I always remember that game for Bradford, the same, replacing replacing Frank Stapleton in the starting lineup, and they all cheered. And they went, is Mike Duxbury? And they all just went, ooh. <laughs> good, time. good times back then. Um, so, so moving on, Cosy, uh, you caused a bit of a stir, haven't you, with your your player of the season so far on uh, on Twitter? Well, Matt, there's more to come. This guy, Sky Sports, is pushing me, so I've got a championship team of the year, which no one's in from our team. I'll give you a little bit of a spoiler. You mean Carl and Grant's not in? And I've got to do a video. You know <laughs> what, mate? <sighs> a video. <laughs> it's opinions, isn't it, really? I mean, you could argue easily that Lewis O'Brien, definitely. I, don't, I didn't get many friends on there. Uh, Instagram, sorry, Twitter today and that as well. But uh, yeah, it's you. I know at Ulster Public, I like Matt, just hard working grafters and that. Don't you want a bit of schwa de vie, man? No, I think I think O'Brien's brought a lot more than hard working graft. He's, he's got a great touch. He's great. You know, he gets up and down. He, he links play brilliantly. He's a good range of passing. Uh, his first touch is great. How he takes it out of his feet. And for me, Lewis O'Brien. Lewis O'Brien. Has, has been given 90-minute performances for months on end, and it, for me, he's he's streets-ahead player of the season. Callan Grant's done great. He's got 16 goals, four assists, but for me, December, January was almost non-existent. I thought it was really poor for a, you know two months of the season. Uh, for me, Lewis O'Brien gets it on consistency, but up until then, it was I think Grant was just ahead of O'Brien. But for yeah. those, those did few you months, see his goal at Wigan, Matt? Or were you? Uh, were I did, you but he had a, do you know he, he had a shocking game that day. But the goal was brilliant, and obviously the striker scores a goal. But for me, O'Brien puts in ninety minutes, and and that that tips it for me. Um, but what about everyone else? What who would you uh, who would you guys give it to? One hundred percent. I think Cosy's done a good job. Uh, I think Cosy's done a good job, to be fair, because he's, yeah, um, he's just put that in so uh, so we can get an extra mil when we try and sell him. That's what that's all. Cosy <laughs> <laughs> thought it was genuine then for a second. Didn't you? Yeah, I think Lewis O'Brien for me gets player of the season. I think it's just local lad. It's put shift in. He has been, um, you know, he's been such a surprise because no one expected it. Um, and it's just, I don't know, you want you want players like that. Like I interviewed um, uh, Peter O'Toole, one of the illustrators um, who's worked with the club, and he's like, you know, if we had, if, if every player had the work ethic and the attitude of Lewis O'Brien, you know, what what more could you ask for? And I completely agree, you know, um, definitely deserves player of the season for me, 100%. Andy, you're next on my <laughs> So for me, um, if he'd been here all season, Harry Taylor would absolutely rob it. I love the bloke. He's he's an absolute legend. But I, I have to agree with everybody else so far. Can't see past Lewis O'Brien. Callan Grant, uh, yes, yeah, scores goals. Um, a lot of time for him, but he's got a, he's got a long way to go in terms of his development. Um, can't trap a ball to to save his life. So he's got a long way to go. Um, I can't think of anybody else that, that there isn't really. Hoggy maybe because he's he's consistent, but no. Nah. Louis O'Brien all, all the way for me. Um, and Ben's there at Stoke, uh, Andy, doesn't that count? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we won, didn't we? We won. Yeah, yeah. 
It's not all about results, though, mate, is it? It's a bit more We've, actually, we've actually got a midfielder who can score a couple goals as well. I mean, he's chipped in with a few. <clears> I'd like to see him maybe score five, you know, eight to ten to twelve next season. But the fact <clears> that he's actually scored a few goals is good as well because previously we had no midfielders who could score goals. So it's a welcome change there. Yeah. Who would you give it to, Freddie? Then you've ditched that. Are you sticking with your East London boy, Carlin Grant, or? No, 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 hundred percent, hundred percent, Lewis O'Brien. I was, I was just mentioning the fact that he's actually, he's, he's, you know, he's scored a few goals from midfielders and as an added bonus. Um, I think Carlin's been great. I think I'd agree with you, Matt, that he, he is, he, ha- he does have games where he sort of flits in and out. Um, he's basically his goals have basically kept us up. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but I, I agree with Andy that he has got a, a, a way to go in his development. Uh, the fact that he's been played on the wing probably suits his game right now. Uh, he does love that one trick of moving it onto his right and, and shooting. I think, I, think, I think some teams have wised up to that. Um, to, be, to be fair might, to Carl and Grant, he's, yeah. got, he's got about 36, 37% of all our goals this season. So, you know, without him, we'd yeah. be, we'd be yeah. shafted. Never mind. Never mind. We'd be absolutely shafted. If he, if he can make that shift from his left onto his right, like Robin-esque, where everyone knows what's coming, but they can't do anything about it, then, you know, we'll, we'll be sorted for another couple of years. But I think teams will eventually wisen up to it. So if he can add some, you know, a few more tricks to his game, he'll probably score a lot more goals in 16 and he'll be gone in in half a season. So, yeah, you know, I think, yeah, for me, Lewis O'Brien, for sure. Go on, Simon, round it up. Uh, nothing much to add, really, to be honest, but um, Lewis O'Brien, for me, kind of agree with all the points that been said. Um, I think, yeah, if he can kind of add to, if he can get to 10 goals next season, then, boy, is he going to be kind of one hell of a player um, and a really kind of a big asset for the club going forward, kind of not sure what he contract he's on right now. But... Crazy factor 50. <laughs> he looks like a weasel. That's what they were singing that first yeah, game. Were, yeah. And then did, yeah. Ron Weasley. <laughs> Felt so bad. Singing looks like a weasel. That's when I heard that. I was like, oh dear. That's <laughs> poor, poor lad. Poor lad. <laughs> I know. He's, 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 he's play, having a season of his life and he's, uh, you know, and people are singing he look like a weasel. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I felt really bad for the lad. When, when that was, obviously, there was no malice but it was like phew, it's a bit harsh that lad but there we go uh, right guys so um, uh, we'll move on to uh, some. so we'll round up and we'll finish the podcast with some questions I might do this podcast in two parts maybe because it's gone on for a little while so we'll see what, what happens post edit uh, so the, fast, uh, the last few questions we've got so we'll start with Martin Shaw uh, who says uh, "Big, F- I'm going to throw this to you Brady so Big Phil was spot on saying we're finding a way to win without a real style of play uh, given a proper pre-season and the right players, what do you think will be our style of play? Uh, yeah, cheers to coming to me first. Um, well, I think uh, we'd play 4-2-3-1. Um, I think that's the formation that the Cali seem to like um, play most. So I think that that's what we'd go with. Um, I, I think I think just attacking football, you know, hopefully. I, I, I That's what I'd want to see. You know, I want to... Um, you know, I want I want to go for the turnstiles on a Saturday and and see my team go for it and try and win because I think I agree with what Sai said earlier. I think on, on a day we can beat anyone and the championship is so open. So that's what I'd like to see. I think you know, um, depending on who we have, you know, obviously everything's a bit uncertain at the moment. But it depends who we have in the squad, um, you know, who goes and who stays and who we bring in. But as I kind of touched on earlier, if we have a if we have a transfer window like we did in Jan. Um, and we get some good additions and address um, a couple of positions. I, I feel really confident, and I think, you know, I'm, as I've kind of banged on, I feel really positive for next season if it happens when it happens, uh, and the if stats, we get the right people in. The stats are still pretty good, aren't they, guys? From from when the Cowleys' first game, 
uh, or the first win that they had. You know, you look at uh, the points per game since then, and it has Huddersfield sort of top eight, doesn't it? So with the right additions, I, I think one key thing that maybe um, hasn't quite been picked up is, uh, if you cast your mind back to the very start of the season, uh, do you remember when Mark Hudson took over as the uh, the caretaker? The first thing Mark Hudson said was, the fitness is wrong, the fitness is completely wrong. And I think at Leeds, particularly where the team who've got supreme fitness and organisation, you could see in particular on the ball, mentally, a lot of them just weren't fit enough, sharp enough mentally, physically. And I think, and Danny Cowell has talked about periodization before. I'm not going to go into what periodization is, but anybody who's done GCSE PE will probably be able to help us out on that one. But it's essentially, I think the first key thing will be in the summer, we'll be able to get the team properly fit. And I think when you see the team fitter, you'll see a better press, you'll see them move the ball quicker. And I think a whole new style of play will sort of develop from there. But I think that the trick will be obviously to to keep hold of your likes of Carl and Grant, um, Steve Mounier, and, and to sort of build a team that would work from there. So uh, what do you think? We'll go with uh, with Freddie. You've been cut off a few times today, haven't you, mid-conversation? So let's let's go with Freddie. No, okay, let's go to... Uh, oh. <laughs> go on, Freddie. I'm joking, go I on. completely spaced out there, to be honest. <laughs> but I was expecting you to all go to everyone else. I know, else I talk, sat here talking me. nonsense, so you switched off. It's fine. It's all right. <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree with Brady, to be honest. There's not really much more for me to add. I think, you know, the Cowleys love a big, massive striker up top who's a bit of a bully. I think John Akinde was their one at, at Lincoln. Um, they still had some room for creative players. So Jack Payne was obviously their number 10. Um, and I think they had uh, George Grant, who's a, a ridiculously good player um, for that level as well. So I think they'll try and mix it up. I think they'll try and have a, a few sort of flat track bullies, so to speak, on the football pitch. So they might keep hockey around for another season. They might try and maybe toughen up Lewis O'Brien to make him into a bit of an all-court player, can can put a shift in, can put a tackle in, but can also be creative. Um, but I do think they will try and add a bit more bite and a few players who are, shall we say, uh, a bit more dynamic or a bit more... Um, I'm trying to find the right way to put this, but yeah, definitely... Maybe yeah, definitely a few more bullies. I think for me, um, I think we'll see a lot of difference yeah. wide. I think I think sort of fullback and winger. I think we'll see a different type <clears> of player <throat> coming personally. Um, yeah, agree. What about you, Andy? How do you how do you see it um, developing? Obviously, you you've developed an affection for you and your lad have developed an affection for Steve Mounier. Uh, I'd like to see yeah. Steve Mounier play a more a more focal point in a rounded side, which could service him him uh, better. But how do you see us developing going forward uh, as a team? I think it's an interesting question that Martin brings. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to be able to pretend that I would know the answer, but I, I, I don't I don't know enough about football, really, in terms of styles. And, That's kind um, of handy, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, as long as they kick the ball to somebody else with a blue and white shirt, that, that does for me, pretty much. Um, I we, um, we we need to get younger, I think. Is, is So I want to see more energy. I want to see more... More pressing, more, more, just, just Front foot more. Football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that, that's what I prefer. I'd, I'd love to see the legend that Steve Money is still. There. I think he's absolutely brilliant. However, I, th- I think he'll go. I think we'll, we'll have sweeping changes. The key thing for me is the Cowley brothers. They are absolutely legends. I, I am convinced that they will go on and they will manage England together. I, that's how highly I rate them. And I think if we keep them, the sky's the limit. If we don't, we're stuffed. That's my view on it. Sai, Cosa, you want to jump in on this? Say no. I haven't got enough to do, to be honest with you, no. Good one. Sai? Uh, I think the only build I would have would, um, we spoke about it on kind of podcast previously, I think we kind of look a lot stronger down the left-hand side now with, 
the addition of Toffolo being that attacking fullback. Just hope for similar on the on the right hand side come the start of next season. Obviously, Danny Simpson perhaps doesn't have the legs that we need at this moment in time. So I'd like to see the addition of a a right sided overlapping fullback, which will give us a bit of strength down that channel. Okay, so the next one's uh, I'm going to throw this one at you because it's come from uh, Mike Terrier Seven N Two. On a lighter note, uh, what's the funniest chant you've heard at a football game this season? He says his was. Uh, the last game against Southampton in the Premier League when a guy ran the pitch and the town fans sang, he's one of your own, that fat son, so is one of your own. Um, I, I, I enjoy the Jack Hunt one. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm not, I don't really have a lot of hate for Jack Hunt, but I, the, the song amused me a little bit. But what about you, Cosy? You're, uh, you like to uh, start a few things on your side. Oh, song, can, you songs wise. Me, can you come to me later Are you going to think about that? Are you thinking? Yeah, yeah. Thinking? Come back to you. Sorry, I've got a couple guys. of my all-time favourite ones if you want. <laughs> well, let's bide some time for Cosy with us, Freddie, if you want, yeah. Uh, I the one the one of the funniest ones I ever heard was uh, when Rio Ferdinand missed his drugs test. I think he was at a game and they sang his name is Rio and he watches from the stands, uh, and that's for me still one of my favourite all time chants. But Freddie, I found one. I found one. <laughs> We've got no back. We've got no back. Our carpets are filthy. Because we've got no vac. Bradford have got him now, but I'll tell you what. I absolutely love that one. That was a quality one, that one, it? Just random. I'll think of another. Next. Get your wallet out, Andy, and we can stop this. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think Aaron Afsar started that song, didn't he, uh, back in the day, Cosy? I think. From, he, yeah. Yeah. Has he got the right? Yeah. right. I think yeah. so. I think he's got the copyright, yeah, via Instagram. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so any of you guys, well, uh, one of my old favourites, uh, I know we're not talking about this season particularly, but I think FC United of Manchester, when the police used to walk down at the bottom, you, you know, the police patrol the stands, don't they? They used to sing, we paid for your hats, what a waste of council tax, we paid for your hats, and that was always <laughs> one I actually quite liked, was that one. But Simon, what about you? you you're in there with a the cowshed loyal Flicking V's at you to away fans, what's... Uh... Once or twice, mate, once or twice. <laughs> um, I, I can't really think of anything, but the Jack Hunt song that you mentioned, I think what kind of amused me more was um, the, the, the rendition the following week against Charlton where Jack Hunt was replaced by Lee Boyer. I think kind of just the fact yeah. it flowed week to the next made me uh, put a, a broad smile across my face. And every word true, I thought, that one. <laughs> um, the team of Andy Booze is also one of my all-time favourites. I started that, Freddie. Did you? I did, yeah. Oh, wow. I, I remember that. singing that when, at the Orient game on his last game. You can actually and, see the lyrics uh, on the old... That was one of my uh, favourite ones, yeah. The, nobody sings the full version, but the old lyrics are on the uh, the Cowshed Loyal um, Pro Boards thing. You know, and then we all, we all dream of a team of Andy Booth at the end, if I remember correctly. Yeah, in a town where I was born, there's a man called Andy Booth yeah. who wears the blue and white, yeah, etc. I'll tell you what, things have moved on, though. I remember some stinkers. Ooh, Phil Starbuck. That must have took a while. Think, <laughs> Ooh, Gary. Do you not remember yeah. Ooh, Gary Barnett and Ooh, Ben Thorne? Yeah. I did say Luke, Luke, Luke Becker. Luke, Luke, Luke Becker. Brilliant. <laughs> Another cracker. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones than that as well. That's Michael Effley. What the oh, I've got it? one. Brady's, Brady's going to sing, I think. Uh, Come on, Brady. Get, get it sung. No, Never no, mind uh, saying uh, it. I'm not. I'm not you, Cosmic. I don't have the the pipe. Thank God for that, mate. About Powell Abbott. That was that was a mediocre charm we had. Um, the Bobby's Zamora yeah, one when he was at Fulham when you oh, sat in Rose Ed and the ball hit your head at Zamora that was going to be the one up the other one I was going to use Brady apart from the real yeah. oh, sorry mate <laughs> that's what I had stored up now same wavelength love it yeah I've remembered one from the archives it's not original but I used to love it because I, I don't like him cheer up Chris Kamara oh what can it mean to I 
Beep, bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah, I think we've uh, done the pod too long, haven't we now? He's <laughs> <laughs> left the town, fan. Yeah, let's let's move on. Yeah, to, it is. Let's let's move on to uh, to the next one. So, um, Big Dave says I'd like to know who sanctioned uh, signing and Benza. So, because uh, his favourite player, particularly after hearing how drawn out and structured the signing of of players process is, not sure you'll have anyone be able to answer that. There is an next easy, question. There is an easy answer. It's it's David Wagner who does it, but he does it based on the information that he gets from the recruitment team. So, uh, and the people that have gone out to see him. So uh, that that's what happens. Um, but obviously, as a manager, you're only as good as the information that you get. So there we go. But we'll move on to the next one. So Denny Ledger says, uh, Colin Kwana and Elias Kachunga, both wide right, both out of contract. Uh, but they come as a bit of a double act um, that are great for dressing room morale. Would you keep one, neither or both? Freddie? Uh, my, my, heart, my heart says keep Kachunga and unfortunately let Colin go. Um my head says let both of them go. Um, if I'm being brutally, if, if we are all being brutally honest, you know, they are heroes of the club. They will always be legends. They will always be immortals. But, you know, the time is to, there, there comes a time when you have to find new heroes. I think it, it breaks my heart to say Kachung is, you know, not the player he was in the season we got promoted. I think that injury got at Watford was really, really unfortunate because he was just seeming to sort of acclimatise. Uh, to the Premier League at that point. I was at that game when he scored and then he got the injury again when he got two-footed by Kennedy against Newcastle and I just don't think he's been the same player since. Um, he's lost a half a yard of pace. He always gives everything. He put, always puts in a defensive shift. Um, but at the, this season, he hasn't offered a massive amount going forward. I mean, I think the whole club was willing him on when he scored that goal and the emotion he had on his face. I can't remember what game it was when he scored his whole first goal this season. It? Whole City, yeah. Um, but yeah, if I if I was to be brutal, I'd say that yeah, the time might be uh, for, if the, the time might might be right for both of them to have new challenges. You don't know; they might both back, go back to Germany. Colin's been injured for most of this season, so he might want a new challenge. So yeah, my heart says keep Kachunga for another year, maybe. But um, yeah, head says probably both of them go. Unfortunate. What about Marcus Stewart, Chan? Stewart, Stewart. <laughs> that one uh, original one, wasn't it? Where's that mute button again? <laughs> <laughs> I've got, my wallet, I've got my wallet out. I'm ready to pay. I'm ready to pay. <laughs> oh, stay at home. Stay inside. Stay no. safe. <laughs> what would you other guys say then? So for me, for me, I think this Kachunga is probably a really good, um, a good demonstration of what Phil Hodgkinson meant last week, where some players, where a manager can make some players feel uh, play better than maybe what what their natural level is as a sum of all parts of a of a unit, if you like. And I think maybe that could be what happened with him. I, I love both of them. I think they're both great. And um, I'd be upset if they both left, but understanding if that happened, but it, it's not a nice thing to, to talk about because they, they are heroes. But Brady, what I can see you poised there. What what do you fancy? Yeah, I kind of, um, well, I agree with you, Matt. I think they're, they're both legends in their own right for what they did in, in the promotion season. Um I think we've we've kind of talked about it before with Kachunga on the pod. Um, they, we do have an option for another year, but that means I think it means he'll get a, a, a increase in his wage if we take extend uh, take him up on that option. Um, I think he's he's a good squad player, but he is on a bit of a fair whack. I think he's one of the higher earners in in the squad. So I think do you want someone who's probably not going to start? I mean, I, I know Chris Willock's only coming in January, but I think he's contributed a lot more in an attacking sense than Kajunga has. Um I just think it's it's probably the right time for him to go. You know, it, it, I, I can't see him um doing any better than he than he did in that promotion season unfortunately. Um same with Kwana. I think Kwana's a bit of a bit of a strange one really. I, I don't think he's ever kind of really got a fair crack. Um 
you know, in the squad, if you think about it. Um, I know he's not put in some great performances, but obviously what he did at Wednesday we'll always remember. But, you know, he went on loan to Ipswich and he scored a few goals. So Top assist um, in the Premier League for us as well that first season. So, yeah, played his part, you know, so definitely. So I, I'd be, I think out of the two, I, I think I kind of agree with Freddie. I think we should probably let both of them go and I would be sad, but I'd be really intrigued to, to see where they go and how mm. they get on because... You know, potentially, if they're a bigger feature, and uh, especially the corner, if he if he starts quite a lot, he, he could do quite well for like a nip switch or someone similar. Andy, I think they've both got to go. Um, I think that they've they've had their time. Um, I love them both to bits. They're absolute legends. Always have been. Always will be. But I've got a, a speedy right winger next to me who wants <laughs> ready to, to supply Steve Mooney. Ready yeah. to supply Steve Mooney. So. Um, yeah, we, they've got to make way for for sake on that right wing. Um, so you know, I think they've they've both absolutely been outstanding ambassadors for the club. I think they've they've, they've done brilliantly on the pitch. But Kachunga a bit more than Kwana really. But um, yeah, I think it's the right time for for all parties uh, to. To, to, to say thank you very much and all the best and um, yeah let them go uh, last two questions uh, just both a bit bit of fun really uh, Watson DPW 24-7 says do you think they should start producing the long sleeve shirts again Cosy uh, instead of everyone wear short sleeve shirts <laughs> short sleeves with a long sleeve base layer for the players to wear or, or just for uh, the in the shop box. yeah club yeah. shop yeah yeah <clears throat> Maybe, but it's just an excuse to charge us more, isn't it? I used to think it was scandalous. It was like an extra ten pound for a. For it's like when you go, <laughs> yeah, when you go to a rugby shop, you get now all of a sudden now. Obviously, yeah, everyone loves Leeds Rhinos, don't they? But in our shop, no. it's like a, a normal shirt at forty five pounds or a game worn shirt. I don't know, uh, fifteen England, pounds more. Yeah, England. Yeah, I don't uh, get football it. Football do that. Yeah, football. Yeah, yeah football. Too. There's like a stadium shirt and then a training shirt and then another shirt, and it's just like what's going on here? And then one of them's yeah. like ninety five quid or something. But yeah. Uh, It'd look good, I think, on t- TV and what have you. But if players w- want it, but yeah, I'm a, I'm always a short sleeve man. I'm a brave art man. Running yeah. in these winds today, so bring me a short sleeve shirt any day, man. I don't like long sleeve uh, long sleeve t-shirts or shirts. Uh, Freddie, what about what about you? You're a long sleeve guy. No, as wearing a shirt, no. I do. I I was. I have been very tempted over the years to buy the uh, the retro one that Frank Worthington mm. um, wore. Um, I think it was a seven, is it seven, 69, 70 shirt they, they replicated. Yeah, the, I've got that the one. retro yeah. one with the sort of yeah, that I mean that looks lovely. I'd I'd wear that, but whether I'd wear it as a, in a modern day fitting, I'm not really too sure. And like Cosy said, they probably charge us an extra tenner to wear it to buy it. Uh, what about Brady and uh, I don't know if Brady's died. He's uh, his phone. There he is. So what, I'm what, here. What about you and Andy? What would you? It's a, it's a short short one, really. Long sleeve she's long. Long sleeve t-shirts or shirts, football shirts, yay or nay? Uh, yeah, I think I think it's an option. I think this season as well, the uh, they're really smart. Uh, the Umbro ones without the sponsor, so yeah, go for it. It's personal preference, isn't and it? I mean, I'm I'm wearing this old. Uh, I think it's '97 away kit. The uh, that the, is uh, yeah, ninety-eight, you know, ninety-nine. I, I, I mean, it's it's bloody cold at the John Smith Stadium most of the time, so uh, probably not a bad thing to get some long sleeve shirts. Andy. Short, short sleeve shirt. Uh, no footballer should wear under clothing things. Um, yeah, absolutely short sleeve shirt. Just absolutely no time for long sleeves on a footballer. The only time long sleeves should be worn on a on a sporting field is by wicket keepers. A wicket keeper who wears a short sleeve should be thrown off the park. Uh, but yeah, absolutely short sleeves on a, a footballer. 
Andy, the I bet you. Gray and, school of thought. Andy, I bet you back we out an element, don't you? To these uh, an hour trundlers on a Saturday. <laughs> no, no, mate, because I keep top edging it into my face, so I wear a lid. I'm that bad now. <laughs> like Freddie says, Kevin Gray. If it's if it's good enough for Kevin Gray, I think Kevin it's good Gray. enough for the rest of us, isn't it? So the last one is right. Johnny Foster says, "What's the ultimate board game?" I, I don't like board games, so I'll leave this up to to you guys. I'm more of a, a football manager. Cosy's joined me on the football manager bandwagon, haven't you as well? Yeah, but I haven't even got to a season yet, man. I've just played friendlies and stuff. Odyssey will turn me down in a friendly. I was heartbroken because uh, not managing them. I'll tell you what I've seen on a few people's Instagram stories. Some Monopoly Huddersfield. I didn't realise such a game existed. Does, yeah. What's the uh, like the Mayfair of Huddersfield? Like Christchurch Street or oh, what? Yeah. what is it? I don't know. I haven't seen it. But... Oh, I don't know. Blade is laughing. I think he must have got the uh, the Huddersfield Monopoly game. But yeah, I, the trouble is because I'm thick. When it got to like hotels and what have you, I lost a lot of interest. I were all right early on until everyone bought all the, the stuff. And uh, then once the hotels come, I just lost it, man. But yeah, that's me. If you want to kill some time, buy Risk. That You could have a game that goes on for about four days. No. Ticket that's to Ride's four, supposed to be yeah, decent, isn't it? Last. Anyone play Ticket to Ride? That's supposed to be quite good, but never really got into it. Brady? No, that's what I have. Um, I've, I've, we um, before lockdown we bought Exploding Kittens, uh, right, yeah. which is quite good. Played that once or twice. It's a bit weird, but um, would recommend. Would recommend uh, if anyone's a bit bored and needs to kill a couple of hours. Andy, any any board games from uh, a bygone era? Maybe that you've. I, I remember Pass the Pigs. Uh, Pass the Pigs was quite a popular playing game before they had TVs. Uh, and stuff. You I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Cluedo. Cluedo. Yeah, snakes they... on ladders, Andy. You must have snakes, snakes on ladders, ladders somewhere. Do you remember that? Yeah, you're right. No, Cluedo, uh, the, the Reverend Green in the library with the lead piping every time. Yeah, Cluedo. Uh, okay. I think we've definitely gone on too long when we're I talking think, I think about we've, it. Uh, I think we've expired long, long, long ago. This won't if, make the edit. Uh, if, anybody, yeah. if anybody's still listening, it'll be amazing. I'm going to leave that in now just for you, Freddie. But yeah, so uh, thank you very much, uh, Andy, for coming on. Uh, hopefully, lockdown. Um, yes, guys. Hopefully, lockdown is is kinder to you guys because um, he's gone. See, so, like, so there's no singing to sing us out, Andy, unless you wanna, unless you wanna do no, that. Are you right? <laughs> uh, Brady, thank you for coming on, and Freddie, good to hear from you, and thanks for the tips that you gave on on vent as well. So, uh, and with regards to dealing with lockdown, so thank you to everybody for listening, and hopefully this. Uh, uh, you, you've enjoyed the podcast, and we'll keep trying to come back with uh, with more over the coming weeks when. Uh, Everybody's locked down. Thank you and goodbye. There's a team that is dear to its followers. The colors are bright blue and white. They're a team of renown. They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all the while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say who can be the town today and then the bells will ring so merrily and every go shall be a memory 
So town play up And bring that car Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the car Back to Huddersfield